Maxi All Star year. I will say I did make the grave mistake of last preseason overreacting massively to Maxi's first game. Not to say that Maxi wasn't good last year, but I thought he was literally Steph Curry after that first game. So, yeah, might need to pump the brakes a little bit. Sam is here. Sam, how you doing? Good. I uh, I what I, one thing I just want to say. I'm looking at. Tyrese Maxey after that first game, and I think he's a Steph Curry. Now, no one has ever <laughs> thought that in a preseason before. So, I feel like it has to be true. So, uh, Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that that might be a little bit of an underreaction to say he's Steph Curry. I would say Steph is not quite as in control as mm-hmm. Tyrese. I would say he... Steph, Tyrese definitely has a better command on NBA basketball and... Right. And running an offense, I would say, like a the like respect a, is probably yeah. what the big difference, right? Exactly, like, a, yeah, rich, like, a rich man, Steph Curry, if you will. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Steph Curry's and, and look, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Steph Curry's a fine player. He's okay. Sure. Yeah, like, I I want to emphasize a rich man, Steph Curry, because we know Steph Curry hates poor poor men. <laughs> Classic. We got we got us. We got him, folks. We got him. Um. Unironically, though, I really thought um, Tyrese Maxey was kind of busting the Celtics defense ass. Um, yeah, he was, he was, he was cooking the other. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro, dude, and we are live here on playback for the non-premium episodes. So the episodes that are free on your feed on YouTube and on Spotify and on Apple, you will now be able to watch us record these live on playback early in the week so it's tuesday we're recording on playback we got about 40 people in here we're gonna try to build this up throughout the course of the season mm-hmm. and before we get into that we do have to talk about our sponsors from underdog fantasy you know the vibes the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes my best ball team is sucking absolutely once again um i fell all the way to eighth place sam i don't where are you at in the standings do you even know um, I was at fourth, and then uh, Justin Jefferson went down for the year. And I, I, I'm afraid that I'm afraid I might be, or at least four weeks, you know. But in a best ball, that's pretty much the kiss of death. So yeah, um, I, I might that, that 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 I'm pretty much Jover at that point. Um, but I, I think I was in the mix. Um, Bud continues to kill us with. Uh, they, they called him a madman when he drafted Justin Fields. <laughs> and, Wait, oh, you mean? Right, yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. actually ba- – he, well, first off, Justin Fields was even doing okay in fantasy before uh, all of the, uh, you know, kind of the bounce back that he's had the last two weeks, and now he's, like, one of the best players in fantasy. So, yeah, Bud, uh, the YKB intern, is absolutely destroying <laughs> everyone in best ball right now. Grum is in is is in spitting distance, though. They are wow. Point, um, Shout out to Grum. Grum. I am I am at seventh, just right above you. So um, yeah, it's uh, with, with it, uh, it's been bad for both of us the last you, few weeks. You, me, and Dread locking down the six, seven, eight spots. In, in uh, yeah, so bad stuff. So I do have some anyway, good news. Here's what we think about football. <laughs> I was gonna say football. We actually have some basketball picks we can make. Oh, okay. So the reason I bring this up is because. We have some preseason games that we can do picks on, and mm-hmm. you hit on your ticket last time for the NFL. Once again, Sam cooking with his picks on underdog. So 
promo code slop, $100 deposit match on Underdog if you go on there right now. You see the picks here. Are there any picks from tonight's games? It's, it's Atlanta versus Cleveland, your, your fucking Atlanta Hawks that you cannot quit on. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets versus the Miami Heat. It is the preseason, though, so keep in mind some of these might be a little bit distorted because well, of... That, I, that was what, exactly what I was going to say, is I have no idea how to like weight these because like yeah. it is it is such a, a hard thing to do going from like one person together. You know... Let's say this though we are we are Franz Wagner State Media here at YKB so let's, sure. let's take the higher on Franz's points. Okay, eleven point five for Franz's points. We're going higher on that. Let's uh let's dip up to let's dip up to Cleveland there. Let's, uh, okay, let's see, see what's going on with Cleveland. Yeah, let's, see, let's see what's going on with Cleveland because I I, Do you have I some wanna... Darius Garland propaganda. Yeah, let's get let's get my guy Darius. I think he can do higher than five assists in the okay. twenty minutes he's going to play tonight. So cool. Um. You know, again, all of these are low, but you have to remember it's the preseason. There's like no idea when these guys are going to get hooked. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I would imagine that they probably play the first half yeah. and then maybe a little bit of the second. Uh, but normally it's the first half for these games. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of a, a shot in the dark here, but 11 mm-hmm. and a half points higher for Franz Wagner, four and a half assists. You put 25 bucks on that on underdog, you get paid 75 if both of those hit. So higher on Darius Garland's assist, 4.5. Higher on Franz Wagner's points, 11.5. So we're going to get right into it, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about our preseason first thoughts. Our Sixers and Celtics played once again. And I have to say, before we get into the bigger picture stuff here, it only took me one game of Nick Nurse fascist ball. The rise of fascism in Philadelphia to be all the way back in on the Philadelphia 76ers. They were playing like they were possessed. They were rebounding the ball. They were scrambling on defense. They look way more athletic, way more engaged than I've seen them. And even though, you know, it's preseason, some of the effort stuff wanes, especially when you're a team like Boston, who and Joel Embiid and James Harden and DeAnthony Melton aren't playing for the Sixers. It's easy also, to kind of also Cork Maz. Hold on. I'm not gonna let oh. you well, yeah. Yeah, no. right. yeah, yeah. My, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Furcon Cork Maz also not playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. The the best player on the Sixers to force a trade. Um a, a dribble shot pass wizard uh, that is known for his command on NBA offenses um, and, you know, just being a floor riser, uh, floor raiser. I felt as though coming out of that game, I'm not joking. I felt a little bit more excited when I was really dreading watching the Sixers this season. I felt more excited literally because of one preseason game because of how they look. So, I don't know about you, but uh, they definitely looked way more, I would say, locked in than last year, to quote you. So, you know, I'm going to be honest, um, the exact opposite feelings for me watching my beloved Boston Celtics is after the Drew Holiday trade, I'd kind of talk myself into it. I'm like, we're just too talented, man. Like, we're six deep. Uh, You know, the scoring... um, all the all the teenagers who quote tweet and scream at me saying this guy should get shot in the head, they wore me down <laughs> eventually. 
and said that, um, you know, we're, uh, you know, like, so I let myself get like excited. I was like, you know what? True holiday. You know, I'm probably just coping because of the Marcus Smart stuff. You know, like I'll, I'll fill away into it. And I, I remembered that I, I truly despise the way the Boston Celtics play basketball. Under Joe um, they looked not good. Um, they looked definitely more talented, but like, I, I just, I just like, it's just so gross. Like every time, the only time they had like a good possession in rotation, the fascist Nick nurse had those guys like on a line fucking running out on every possession. And they ended up getting like a tie up on Jalen Brown at the end of the possession. <laughs> like, so it's just like, I just have to come to terms with the fact that like for the Celtics to have a good possession, it's going to be a Porzingis and Tatum pick and roll because the thing about Porzingis is even bad shots are good shots when he's shooting a three because he's just so fucking tall. Like nobody can block that. So I don't know. I've um, really nasty. However, the thirty million dollar man Peyton Pritchard was fucking. Oh, the standout. The, I was going to say the standout for the Boston Celtics was Peyton Pritchard at the yeah. end playing against Terquavian Smith and Ricky Council the fourth. <laughs> Everyone was like overreacting like crazy. That I was like, look, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He's an NBA player for sure. Absolutely. Peyton Pritchard's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. He's cooking guys who are on two ways. Like, yeah, I gave I, I, from the Celtics perspective, I came out of that game incredibly impressed with the way Porzingis looked. I thought yeah, he yeah, looked I thought he looked awesome. Like, I mean, we, we saw it last year with the Wizards, where if you ever did catch a most of the Wizards games I watched last year were only because they were against the Sixers. Sometimes I would watch them when they played. You know, some of the Sixers rivals, like the Celtics or the Bucks. Oh, well, not ri- rivals, but the teams that are ahead of them. <laughs> the, uh, and Porzingis certainly looked better uh, than he has. I think he looked healthier, but that felt like he was moving in a way that I was really shocked. The, the best way that someone put it was uh, that white skin felt that Celtics jersey. And just <laughs> <laughs> someone yeah, on Twitter yeah. said that. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, I I I hate I I saw I, I saw our Vineyard Vines lineup of Luke Cornett, uh, Sam Hauser, <laughs> Peyton Pritchard come off the bench. I was like, oh man, here we go, here we fucking. This go. is what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here come the jokes. I thought what you said was perfect about Nurse on Twitter, where you said under basketball fascism, the rotations will be on time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the the rotations will always be on time under basketball fascism. I mean, that's the thing with Nick Nurse, man. Like, you know, like, um, I think you can only play with him as your head coach for probably like three seasons or something like that before that, you know, uh, they fucking tune him out and get, like, get mad at him. But like, sure. these next two years, the Sixers are going to be fucking be playing above Woo! their head. For it's sure. it's, like, it's the coach version of acquiring Chris Paul, right? Yes, like, exactly. Yes. You get Chris Paul and everything's great for a year or two yeah. and, and we all love it. And you know, the, the wind columns, all the lines are going up on the graphs, everything's more efficient. Yeah. Everything looks great. And at what point will nurse clash with your team's best player or best two players is the real question. It feels like so far in this career. I, I, I'm fascinated at the Joel Embiid, Nick Nurse, unstoppable force, immovable object um, thing that's going to be going on just in terms of like minutes played 
and like does either Nick Nurse will win and Joel Embiid will suddenly like be in shape for like the first time ever like in the postseason and like immediately the Sixers will win the title <laughs> or um, or he'll play like 15 games <laughs> and just immediately break down his entire body yeah I mean yeah. he's Canadian yeah. fibs as they say yeah and I am a little bit concerned about that, especially because of what the they've been saying. The coaching staff, the, apparently the medical staff wants Embiid to play more, and Nurse said he wants Embiid to play more, and Deion Sanders wants Embiid to play more, according oh, wow. to the clip that went viral. I'm concerned with that because I feel like the fact is Embiid already plays. Like, the last two seasons... Embiid has played more basketball than he's ever played in his entire life. That's true, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like people forget that he actually played more games than Giannis last year. He played more games than Steph, LeBron, and basically every single person who could have been considered for the MVP, except for uh, except for Jokic and then the outsider guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander, who only played three more games than him, by the way. So I, I am a little bit concerned that they're going to try to overdo it with the Embiid thing. Uh, but of the players that played in that game, obviously, like you said, I thought that Maxi looked awesome. He always does really well in the preseason because Maxi doesn't have an off switch. Like, he just always goes, goes, goes. We've talked about it with your Celtics before. We've talked about it with certain players before where because they don't have that off switch, it actually can come back to bite them because they over work themselves and whatever but maxi seems to have a good balance between like really busting his ass all the time and Mm -hmm. coming out of this game the biggest thing i took from that was the fact that he took nine threes and he played less than 30 minutes that's what i want to see from maxi had more of a control of the offense as a ball handler he got into the mid-range he's able to draw fouls he i mean he was shooting pull-up threes uh when the celtics were going into drop with porzingis those are the kind of things you're going to need to see from maxi this year as he takes the next step he he killed the fucking drop, man. Yeah. Like and like, he, I I thought he played a really controlled game. Like whenever the Celtics would show him something, he would blow by his guy and get under the rim. And like you know, even if he wasn't getting a quality shot up, and he does get a quality shot up a lot. Like I feel like he's pretty good at using the rim for protection and going like reverse. Yeah. Um, like he you know he was collapsing. I don't. Know, I would I would buy on Tyrese Maxey in the the fascist. Um, uh, uh, Tyrese Mussolini, like we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll thrive in Nick Nurse's fascist system because this, uh, the, they're going to be. I, I think this. Well, I said that. I'm pretty sure I said this in the thing. I think the Sixers are going to be better than people think this year. Like I think when Harden is gone, um, everyone's just kind of like write them off for dead. And I think there's going to be like, um, you know, Nick Nurse is kind of an egalitarian coach, like and. You know, the interesting thing is, like, again, I think there's an unstoppable force and movable object thing with, like, Nurse and Embiid, and I'm really interested to see how that's going to work. But I, I don't know. I, I, I still – I like the I like the Sixers' chances, and um, I everyone was – I was getting – be clear, in the regular season. <laughs> in the regular season, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and mean, we'll get to that when we talk about the, the conference standings later in the episode. Mm-hmm. But they certainly look like they have a lot of NBA talent at the least. Like that is the thing that I think a lot of people were concerned with coming out of this is the fact that you have 
Harden might be here. He might not be here. I would bet on him being here to at least start the season. We'll mm. see what happens with the trade sometime. And they have about two weeks to kind of figure this whole thing out. And I would, I would bet on him being here to start the season, but I don't, I wouldn't bet on him being here after the deadline. So I think at some point he will be gone, but just from like a roster talent standpoint, they had uh, a few new guys that they threw into the rotation. Obviously Jaden Springer's block on Jason Tatum is all Sixers Twitter was talking about people on Twitter were going absolutely insane. That six foot four, Jaden Springer, who has fucking springs in his legs, well, was able to. Well, here's what here's what I'll say about that, though. I mean, it's so easy to play off Jason Tatum because he can't shoot. Can't shoot? <laughs> <laughs> so you just they just get to hunt at the rim. They just build the wall, and he can't do anything about it. I'm feeling like the American Giannis. <laughs> the American Giannis is here, folks. That was that was like that was my other big takeaway. It was like, wow, Tatum looks huge. Wow, Tatum is fucking awesome around the rim. Yeah. Wow, that shot looks fucking awful. <laughs> He's gonna shoot twenty six percent from three this year, man. I can't wait. So, do you think he really has just gotten too strong? Like, is that just the 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 crux of this whole thing? Is that think, Tatum has just gotten has gotten so strong that he's fucked up his sh- shot mechanics and his touch? I don't know how much of the wrist stuff is like fucking. Um, I can't tell what that is if that's like real or like a. Uh, yeah, remember when he was bad in the finals? Actually, he wasn't because he was hurt. Um, you know, like I, I don't know if that's like a pander or not, but I mean, probably I just Celtics Matt says it and it kills me every time he goes and fetches that video of like rookie year Tatum shooting, and it's like it's crazy, it really is like it's butter. Yeah, I'm just like, what, ha- what happened? Like, I just Oh, and we need that like so bad. And the, the like the thing is, I don't want to say because like Tatum has gotten better at like literally everything else, but like the shot is just gone. Like it's sure. uh, you know, but he's he you know look look it's there's worse things than having short Giannis on your team. I'll just uh, <laughs> yeah, slightly shorter, possibly more skilled Giannis on your team. Uh, but I guess if the shot isn't falling, that doesn't really do you any good. I do just want to say, D Bronx in the comments, one of our YKB regulars, Sam hypes up the Sixers who rarely are a threat to Boston and eggs right. the Heat who have the Celtics number. Just so that's right. So, the BMM no, has infiltrated YKB, folks. Do not he, let it fool you. you know, no, 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 no. The, the beautiful Sixers and the Hawks, uh, they're. <laughs> Sixers Hawks conference finals rematch. Um, <laughs> it's coming back. Um, don't believe, do not believe trolls lies. I've, I've seen the script folks. Ben Simmons is back. The Sixers are back and the Hawks yeah. are back. It's 2021. Let's go. I can't believe, I can't believe if, if Ben, if Ben turned into an all, you got to admit that would be like one of the funniest things that could happen. Oh, it would be hilarious. I'm That's, rooting for that so hard. I'm a yeah. huge Ben stand now. <laughs> Well, Ben had his little his little bounce back bullshit last night. Uh, I didn't watch the whole game, but I did see that he scored like eleven points, and he didn't play that much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for Ben. I I hope that he's fine. Now that the Nets are have zero chance to win a title, like go crazy, go crazy, Ben. Have an All Star season. Be a scrappy seven seed or eight seed, and uh, enjoy your life. It's so funny to me that like Dame is like here. You- 
fucking Portland fans. Look at listen to the SoundCloud shit. Get out of here. Get out of my face. And Ben, who was like death threatened on his way out the door, is like, I actually kind of like Philly. I, like Philly. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got an apartment there still. I put it on Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's an expert pander or what, but saying that you want to go back to Philly as Ben After Simmons all that. Is, is is awesome. I've, I got it. I do not. You do not under any circumstances got to hand it to Ben Simmons, but. I, I do kind of got to hand it to Ben Simmons. So no, in that circumstance, I think it absolutely rules. And I also yeah. think that uh, I came out of, I watched a little bit of that Nets game. I think it could pay to have a little bit of depth. And I think that's one thing that I'm excited about for the Sixers, because mm-hmm. even if I'm down on them as like a, a championship ceiling team, okay. I, I think they have like 10 NBA players, which is something I don't think I've ever said about the Sixers. And all the players are Mm -hmm. basically just like subtly throwing shots at Doc in the media. Mm -hmm. Paul Reed said today, if I had taken threes last year, I wouldn't have played for 10 games. Daniel House has said it on many occasions. He felt like he had a short leash. There are many guys on the team that that barely ever cracked the rotation. And as the bastard Will says in the comments now and DM'd me earlier, does this mean that Ben Simmons was right all along? <laughs> Doc was the real problem, and that he is completely innocent. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the the reverse trade? Are we gonna get James Harden back to the Nets? <laughs> Simmons to the yes. Simmons to the Sixers? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. really funny because the yeah. idea of what Ben Ben Simmons could be <laughs> with with a better version of Tyrese Maxey yeah. and MVP Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah, the idea of what Ben Simmons could be in a Nick Nurse t- on a Nick Nurse team, yeah, dude, Nick Nurse would do so. He's like, like, are, are Pascal and Ben really that different? Like, Ben's more skilled. Yeah, Pascal could. Pascal's a, a. I mean, is just not in theory anymore. He's in reality. Is is the big difference? Ben yeah. in in theory. In theory, sure. The idea of what Ben Simmons can be when he got traded to the Nets and last year on the Nets and his last year on the Sixers, sure. But Pascal Siakam actually plays basketball games and does it night to night. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the main difference. Ben 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 Simmons is more. He's Ben Simmons is a social construct, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I love when I can keep pushing the envelope, and then all of a sudden the comments all say, "All right, Sam." <laughs> Pascal really? Siakam, Ben Simmons was a, a little too far. Ben like, Simmons, yeah, yeah. I was like, everyone was cheering me, and then I said, and then we're gonna be better than Pascal Siakam, <laughs> and then just all, all of the applause like just shut off immediately. If you you're, if you're a little quiet, you can hear the crickets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but. <laughs> No, I mean, look, coming out of that, uh, I can say something nice about everyone on the Sixers except for Mo Bamba, who is who I thought he was. That guy <laughs> looked horrible in that game. He has an eight-foot wingspan, and he missed a wide-open dunk. He barely has to – like, Victor Webb and Yaba barely has to jump. Mo Bamba could basically touch the rim without jumping. Completely blew the dunk. Miss miss a lot of wide open threes. I'm not excited for Mo Bamba, but also I don't think he's going to play a ton for the Sixers. I think that he's more of a fringe option when they're they're down some guys due to foul trouble or injury. I'm just I'm not a Mo Bamba guy. I even came out of that game being like, look, Kelly Uber, I took some dumbass shots like I expected him, but also he's the only one that was on the court that could create his own shot. They were playing him with like 
super defensive first lineups. And I was like, I can see the idea behind what this Sixers team is. The vision is essentially, instead of going with spot-up shooters around Joel, or, or you know, guys like Shake Milton, George Niang, those kind of guys, let's transition to guys who are more athletic, that can cause turnovers, that can rebound, that can make up for some of the issues that we had last year. Now, look, I obviously think this team's going nowhere once James Harden is either traded or playing against his will. But uh, but I see the vision of what Maury and Nurse are trying to go for. And I'm excited to see how it looks until, uh, you know, they inevitably drive me insane. So what did you think of uh, – I, I know it's, it's kind of hard because they threw Drew Holiday in. He didn't even start. He came off the bench. And they threw Drew Holiday in off the bench and having been with the team for what four days five days like he barely was with the team at all what did you think of his debut and uh who who do you think is going to round out the rest of the Celtics rotation I don't know I'll have to see more it's so hard to take anything away from preseason you know like I can't I, I can't even tell if like our guys are dogging it or not like to be honest like like so like I don't know. I thought Drew was like fine, but I also didn't really notice. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I, I, I didn't have any like, oh, Drew Holiday. Okay. Like, so, I, you know, like, I don't know. I, it, it remains to be seen. In theory, I like Drew Holiday a lot. That's what sucked me back in on the season because what I was like really worried about was like that the Celtics only had two positive perimeter defenders. Um, and when you're playing a drop, that becomes like a lot more important so drew really helps like shore that up i think it gives them a really viable small lineup and a pretty viable big lineup provided al doesn't just shoot 29 percent from three in the playoffs again so he literally got 16 percent worse playoffs the regular season and just everyone should remember that he's also old so i guess i can't really complain about he's 37 yeah uh, look i i yeah. mean I, I don't know how many minutes Al played the other night. Did he, he? He did he play big minutes? I can't remember. I don't think he did. I didn't remember him being. I'll say this I was the first sub. I think it is preseason, so I don't want to take too much away. Mm-hmm. But of all the old guys that were out there, I didn't notice anyone being like, "Oh man, he really looks like he lost the step." And sometimes that's something gradually that happens over the course of a season with injuries and stuff. But like, I even thought Danny Green looked fine in that game. Like, yeah. And I thought that Pat Bev is the ultimate Nick Nurse player. Um, I, I guess I'm. I, I guess I'm just interested to see what these team wh- who rounds into rotation for both of these teams because they they kind of. I mean, the Celtics aren't deep, but the Celtics have a, a a few guys to choose after that top six, and the Sixers are deep with talent, but they're all flawed in their own unique way. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Hauser went 0 for 6, which I didn't realize. <laughs> Next buddy healed. White buddy healed. He is, I mean, he I think he is like uh like literally like the, the Celtics uh minimum 100 temps uh three point lead percentage leader for the Celtics from franchise history. So that's that's, ama- that's actually amazing. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if that holds up uh <laughs> yet another year. But um yeah, I mean I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I really can't tell anything from these games. Again, we, we harp on this all the time. Sometimes even regular season games are not like a very fucking good indicator. Like it almost has to be national games. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like national TV games to get a real like barometer and metric for everything. 
I was thinking about this when I was seeing the uh, the Braves fans doing discourse about like um, you know how it's not fair that um, <laughs> they have to sit a week while the other wild card teams like do the play in. Oh, I thought like, you were going to talk about them doing the chop on uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, but anyway, you can continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, also, also that. Um, and I, I, you know, we always talk about how good playoff baseball is, and it is, and it's like it is, yeah. It, the, the difference between playoff and regular season games and how cool they feel is like completely an inverse proportionate to how big the regular season is. Yeah, like the playoff games just feel amazing. Like football games, there's really for me not a huge difference between a playoff football game and a regular season football game. To be honest, like definitely, I, I, don't, I don't feel that way at all because they're small. Because every game is important. Yeah, basketball, you know, we'll see. You know, we've talked to people who helped shape this thing on the rules committee and stuff like that. So that's the plan with this in season tournament is to help make these regular season games matter more. I'm skeptical it's going to work. I think the only thing is they've got to play like less regular season games, but. You know, I, I guess I just want to see like a big national TV game. Like, I want to see the Celtics like play the Bucks or play like the Nuggets on national TV. Who do you guys open with this season? That's a good question. I, I was going to say we open we open with the Bucks. Dame's first game as a Buck. That's very funny. Um, and by the way, we've been wondering who that fifth guy is going to be, and I don't think he is going to be to start the year. But. I, I Marjan Pochamp looked good in the game that I watched the other night. Celtics start with uh, at at the Knicks, but then home opener against Miami. Um, oh boy! Yeah, game I two. Will, I will. I, I will. I will unalive myself. Tune well, in on. Uh, if, I was going to say they, we're going to yeah. we, we're going to be Tune here. In. Yeah. If they, I if might they have lose to... that game, I will. I will. Um, I'll be like the Joker. I'll, I'll be doing the fucking. Um, Riddler from fucking the new Batman. No, oh, no, no. This is not how it was supposed to go. Uh, yeah. We're definitely losing to the Knicks because the Knicks are tryhards. Like I you can chalk that one up. That that yeah, that is that is a lock. That is a lock. Yeah. Just just some other things from around the NBA that happened during preseason. Nothing really to, to glean from uh anything too big. Uh Adrian Griffin, the new coach for the Bucks, he kind of seems like he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> uh, which we might get a Joe Maz 2.0 situation here. Only due to the fact that he said that Malik Beasley is going to be their number one perimeter defensive option in the starting lineup. Malik, did you hear what I said, Sam? Malik yeah. Beasley oh, is yeah. going to be guarding oh. the other team's best player. <laughs> I saw I saw that quote and I went, okay. All right, we might be bad, but maybe we got a shot. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. I was gonna say, can Joe Maz can Joe Maz learn? Uh, although he was, it's not a good start to the season for him. He was getting owned on JJ Redick, uh, talking about. Could you imagine if we lost to the eight seed? <laughs> He's like, buddy, I hate oh. to break it to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you I have did bad news about that, but um, we do have to talk about the Mavericks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because the Mavericks, look, the Mavericks lost both of their games in Abu Dhabi, my favorite place in the world, the United Arab Emirates. They lost both of those games. And Minnesota looked really good. We took from that, like, Minnesota's, we know Minnesota's going to be good this year. Like, I, we, we talked about how we thought people were sleeping on Minnesota. We were talking ourselves back in. 
Today, they played Real Madrid with Luca only playing five minutes and Kyrie missing the game. So I don't want to take too much from that, but they did lose to Real Madrid. People are talking. I saw people talking on Twitter a little bit the other day. And I saw people comparing the Luca situation to the Kevin Garnett situation in Minnesota, where they made the conference finals. He won, you know, won an MVP. Luca has a one MVP, but he's been in the conversation. And then they missed the playoffs like three straight years, and then KG forced a trade. There's a shot that this could be the Mavericks' continued downfall. Like, we need to get Bud scouring because I know I said Luca on the Knicks in 2024 or 2025. That was like, like in January, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, I think I said that last year when we were doing preseason predictions. Like, I, I think it was like literally October of 2022. So let's go, baby. Let's go. I, I think he's next because it's not Giannis. Everyone's looking at Embiid. I think the storyline like a month into the season is going to be like, wow, the Sixers look pretty good. Wow. The Mavericks look like dog shit. Like, I think those conversations are going to change up quick. It, it's funny. Cause we both said we like their moves in the off season, <clears throat> yeah. but I just don't know how instant impact any of these moves are going to be like, like the Derek lively picks fine. Picking up Grant Williams for pretty much nothing that is actually like a player that's actually on your team. Reggie Bullock got waived and already signed with the Houston Rockets. Okay, that's good. And then drafting Omax. I wasn't high on Omax, but the idea behind it, sure. Signing Dante Exum, Seth Curry. Okay, fine. You're taking flyers on guys, seeing who can fill out the rotation. Trading for getting Rashawn Holmes back in that trade. Maybe see if he has anything left in it. Sure, but like, their defensive issues are just going to be horrible. They're just going to be terrible. I think as long as you have Luca, you'll be in that play-in range. And like maybe that saves you from disaster because, hey, get Luca to the finish line. Get him into the play-in. Maybe he can single-handedly take you in a way that we talked about like the Miami Heat last year. Like, look, they were the eight seed, but they made the NBA Finals. Like, no one wants to play Luca in a big game for sure. But those defensive issues, they just run so deep. And unless Derek Lively's a playable center as a rookie, I just I'm I'm concerned for what their defense looks like when you you're banking on Grant Williams, who's good in certain matchups and not great in other matchups. You're banking on guys who are generally kind of offensive first uh, guys in Kyrie and Luca, who you know like they have a lot of talent for sure, but I'm just not sure how much how this talent really works together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing is like, well, I, I thought they were like a fucking disaster last year. And I guess what I would say in the context of me liking their offseason is you can do a good job, a perfect offseason with where they started and still be fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like, like they just they were so they were in such bad shape. I mean, they managed to retain Kyrie. That's a fucking you know, I, every stop we've seen what a time bomb that is. So like, yeah. we'll see what, you know, Mark Cuban is weird though, and might be able to like speak to him, <laughs> you know, on like, sure. a, you know, those, they're, they're both weird guys. So I could see them kind of like getting along like in, in a weird way. So, um, you know, maybe, and Mark's always been like kind of hands-on with like, um, and had like a good relationship with like players. So like, you know, we'll see, but I, 
still, I just look at the West, man, and it's too fucking competitive out there. Like, somebody's got to be bad. Somebody's got to be bad in the West. And if you start going down the names, you say the Trailblazers, you say the Spurs, you probably get to the Jazz, you maybe get to the Pelicans, depending on your injury history. Then the next name on that list is probably the Dallas Mavericks after that. Like, who, like, and that is a long way from being a sure thing in the playoffs, let alone winning a playoff series. There's just a lot of fucking good teams in the West. Yeah. I did forget the Rockets. Thank you, Will. Yes, the yeah, Rockets sure. will be there. But still, the point, yeah, is, yeah. The point so. is that there, there are only two or three teams we're pretty certain have no chance at the play-in. Yeah. And, like, then the list of teams that are, like, fighting to get into the play-in is, mm-hmm. like, two or three teams. And it gets really ugly quick when you're trying to figure out – I could see a continued regression from them. I don't know if you saw the clip of Grant Williams with Kyrie on the bench, but I, I, I I'm sure Bill and Rosillo will have a fucking field day with mm-hmm. that one. Uh, Grant lo- looking like he's already starting to annoy Kyrie a little bit, which Let's which go. I got to kick him. But uh, but no, I just I, I I'm kind of I, I'm definitely concerned. Now look. They have Luca, and they have a bunch of guys that have theoretical upside that if they have more of an instant impact as younger guys, they might be fine. But I think they're going to be the team that we're talking about making another panic trade come January. That's just what I predict here. Because yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, they're throwing a bunch of assets trying to get Jeremy Grant or one of these wings who could be available, and they end up overpaying to try to save their season for the second straight year. So we'll see. Uh, I, I, I hope, I hope that, uh, for, for Lucas sake, I just want to see Luca in the playoffs again. It would really suck if they did miss the playoffs, but it's definitely possible. Uh, before we move on to our predictions for the Eastern conference this season, Peyton Pritchard contract, what did you think of the deal? His new deal with the Celtics? I think it's fine. I was kind of surprised how much outrage there was over it. Cause I guess you see the $30 million number and you kind of like, what the hell? And then you think about it over four years, that's like, you know, seven and a half million average annual value. And seven and a half million these days is like double the veterans. Yeah. I was going to say it's like 5% of the cap. Like, so, you know, I don't, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good contract. It gives them a little bit of versatility. Sadly, I might have to mark the end of uh, me calling, um, uh, Wick Grossback, a a broke bitch. Um, (laughs) That might be over right now because they 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 have spent you know they're they're kind of in Clippers uh, Warriors territory now. Um, we'll see how that shapes up after Jason Tatum's you know extension this offseason. The Celtics are going to be like super super max stuff. You know they're going to be in all the penalties in the you know the super tax and everything like that. We'll see how long they stay there. Um, but this does give them you know. Last offseason, before all those rules get enforced, they're buying themselves a little bit of, like, operating room. Like, Peyton Pritchard, I think, on that number is going to be tradable and, like, valuable. So you'll be able to – well, maybe not, not, like, super valuable, but, like, you'll be able to, like, attach him to picks for, like – stuff you know like later on down the line yeah like uh, if if you're if you're scrambling to either find a al horford replacement because he ages out or you're trying to find a sixth or seventh man who fits really nicely with your core you could probably attach two first round picks to peyton pritchard i see will commented this i see i saw some people talk about this on twitter the real question that i think people had for this was why would you not just pay Grant the twelve or thirteen million 
instead of trying to sign Pritchard to this seven million dollar a year contract if you wanted something for trade base. So my personal theory on this, because I actually kind of a lot of Celtics fans are like Grant sucks ass. I'm like, well, he doesn't. So <laughs> you know, he's definitely he's been. I've seen him be valuable in multiple game sevens, two different game sevens that they won directly because of him. So that's not true. But I will say this: I think that the how radically the team the team changed changed the arithmetic on how much ownership was willing to spend. Like I think it's a it's an easier sell to spend all this money on um Drew Holiday and Chris Tapps Porzingis and everything versus like when you're making the decision on Grant Williams, it's like is this team gonna be 80% the exact same team, which you know before they traded Rob Williams and Malcolm Brogdon and like you know it was really just Porzingis for smart. Like that really wasn't that much of a different thing. So I'm assuming that maybe that changed ownership's willingness to spend because this is like a very win now team. Like you're not really heavily invested in young guys besides your like starters. So you can kind of go to the ownership. You can be like, okay, this is a three-year cost what we're entering right now. And also it's not dollar for dollar because when you reach into that tax threshold, $12 $12 million versus $7 million is not $12 million versus $7 million. It's actually a ton of fucking that $5 million difference. When you have an ownership group, like you said, you called the broke boys. That's, yeah. you know, that really is a lot of, I mean, we see it with the Clippers and the Warriors every year. We're like, Oh cool. They cut, uh, Oh, they cut their eighth man. Why would they cut their eighth man? It's like, let's save them $4.2 billion yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> to, to wave Eric Gordon. You're like, what the fuck is that? So I, I would imagine that's at least part of the calculus here is, hey, look, Peyton Pritchard, we still need depth guys. We'll still need contracts to trade a year from now. And $7 million a year, $8 million a year is really nothing in the new NBA because in a few years, that's going to be, in a year from now, that's like half of the MLE. It's really nothing in the modern NBA to make seven, which sounds insane, but to make seven, 7.5 million a year is truly nothing in the new NBA. Uh, It's close to the veterans minimum for guys that have been in the league for a while. So I I don't really blame them. It was just funny because similar to when Furkan Korkmaz asked for a trade for the Sixers, Peyton Pritchard asked for a trade seemingly multiple times. (laughs) And is is still in Boston. Uh, I don't know if it's against his will or not. At least he got thirty bill out of it. So, yeah. No, uh, the 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 um the the hand of the Boston influencer scene. I don't know if you know this. Peyton Pritchard's girlfriend is like a a Boston like basic influencer, like yeah. uh, who's always like doing this stuff. So she she called in the favor to keep him in Boston. She couldn't uh, couldn't go anywhere else. So. <laughs> That's, uh, that's right. Make it seven point five million. Truly is nothing. Yeah. Get your money you up. Wanna, yeah. Just what you want to do. Okay. So sixteen hours that we're awake. I move that into two eight-hour days. Boom. That's two. Over 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 a day, I'm beating you once. Over a week, I'm kicking your ass. Over a month, I'm going crazy. Like this is grind set. This is what you guys need to understand. Well, this first off, how- first off, you've already gotten it wrong because he breaks his day up into three different days. Right. Yeah. I forget that those guys like don't sleep. They've got like, they'll always say like what they, the time they've allowed for sleep is just like, I, I go to bed at three in the morning. I wake up at 2 a.m. 
<laughs> sleep is for the weak. Yes. I, I travel. My sleep actually moves me backward in time. It makes me hyper. It makes me <laughs> hyper tired. But I come out the other side with another hour. This is this is my grind set. This is how strong I am. Like I, I sit at my desk for 19 straight hours. I have an IV hooked up with Soylent constantly giving me all the nutrition that I need throughout my entire body. I got proteins. I got fats. I got fibers. I got carbohydrates. I don't even have to think about eating ever. It's so much, this this is like a literally like what the players union presentations are going to be when it's like, hey, wh- how come none of us make money anymore? How come all of us are on minimums? It's like, no, no, no. You don't understand the grind set. You could have equity in the teams now. It's good. <laughs> come on. It will, come on. It, it will, you'll pay your own salary. That's how this yeah. works. Look, so let's just say, okay, you guys all recruit them a minimum guy to be on a two-way. And then each of them recruits a guy to be on a four-way. And then we recruit all of them all together. It's it, and it sort of like graphic. a little bit of a triangle shape. As the <laughs> kind of go out, uh, uh, Mr. McCollum. A quick question. I think what you're describing is a Ponzi scheme. No, 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 no. It's 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 something different. It's different. It's very different. It's, it's, very, it's very something different. different. So don't yeah. worry about it. It's yeah. fine. It's more of a sphere. It's a massive <laughs> sphere. Kind. of. You build your way up in the sphere, and you can go see you two there in nature. No. I have to say, I, the sphere does look kind of cool. I saw the images inside, and I was like, oh, no. The Vegas sphere looks kind of sick to go see a concert there. I mean, completely yeah. unnecessary, but also sick. All right, here I am with uh, Trill O'Connor, a.k.a. Trill Bomber, <laughs> a.k.a. Trill O'Connor. <laughs> Trill O'Climber, Trill. That's true. Yeah. 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 Let's get into uh, what's going on in the world. I'm Kevin O'Connor. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not going to go there. We no, no, no. Kevin, no. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with your life tab? <laughs> I was listening to you the other day on Ethan Sherwood Strauss. What, what were you talking about? I don't get any of that. You think a Cybertruck looks cool? Come on, man. Good grief. The Eastern Conference. We are going to run through the standings, and we are going to stay from 15 to 1 what we think. Obviously, we did the power rankings on the last episode, so you have an idea of what we think about some of these teams. But what we're going to do is we're going to end up After this, we're going to choose our predictions for the playoff matchups as well. And we will give our Eastern Conference Finals and our conference champions. Uh, And Sam, I think we both have the same 15 seed, right? In the East? Yeah. Um, I I certainly hope so. I'm picking the Washington Wizards. Um, Yes. Yes. I, I don't think there's any way it's not the Washington Wizards. I, I, I don't think – is there you a talk, team? You talk me into them being the worst team in the NBA for this season. Yes, and I, I think it's op- I think it's a pretty open and shut case. I think all of the other teams at least have a incentive to try. I mean, maybe Detroit just by sheer force of Troy Weaver and competence can get – yeah, close yet. As uh, Will says, the Wizards can clear the Pistons solely for comedic reasons. <laughs> that is – Right. I mean, that, true like you know like i don't know like 
you had a baffling stat for me about Kate Cunningham. Do you want to share it for everyone on the? Uh... Okay, so I, God damn it, I didn't want to. I I want to wait until the season to really get takes off. I but just, I can't believe this is true though. And I looked it up after you said it. I can't. I, it's staggering. <laughs> They were playing the Suns, so he played a lot of minutes against KD, Booker, and Beal, but some minutes he didn't. Uh, James Wiseman was like a negative 13, I think, in that game. Cade Cunningham was a team worse, negative 24 in their opener in the preseason. Ivy looked really good for them. He came off the bench, which I thought was interesting. I I think that the Pistons have a chance to be the worst team in the NBA again. I think there's a chance that... There's so much to figure out with that team. Like the Wizards have a lot. They, they definitely both have a lack of talent and the Wizards are at least leaning into this tank in the way that the Pistons aren't. But the difference for me here is mostly the fact that that talent is so young still for the Pistons. You have, if you were to rank their seven best players, most of them are still really young. Like Cade's only in year three. He didn't play in year two. Duren's in year two. They're going to play these guys like Wiseman and Bagley. And they have more talent this year, certainly. And they upgraded some of the veterans in theory. But I still am leaving myself wondering, they're going to play Asar a ton. He played 40 minutes in the first preseason game. Asar Thompson and like mm-hmm. I like Asar but how much is he going to impact winning from day one and he has a lot to figure out in his game Ivy is still pretty raw Cade hasn't really shown anything for an extended period of time at the NBA level like it's a possibility that you know look they have these guys like Boyan Burks Harris all those guys but it's just a possibility that their lack of experience makes it so that they are the worst team in the NBA for the second straight or what third, third time in four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think there's a way, I think they're a lot more, I don't know. Maybe necessarily want to say talented than the wizards, but like Trey Weaver, I think this team is going to be mostly intact um, through the year. I think Boyan might get traded at some point, but I think that, you know, Troy Weaver is like more or less trying to win with this group right now. I think that's why he hired Monty Williams and had Dwayne they backed, Casey. backed up the Brinks truck to bring in Monty Williams so he didn't like retire. Yeah. I Jesus. They're just Troy Weaver, man. He has done well, what's the opposite of doing miracles on me? Troy Troy, Troy Weaver doing has tragedies. Done, he's done he's done witchcraft on you. <laughs> He's yeah, he's he's he is oh man, like it's so bad. Like I feel so bad for Pistons fans, man. Like this is I really liked the Pistons last year. I really liked Jalen Duran. Um I still kind of believe that Cade can be like a you know a good starter to maybe even like be an all-star guy at some point, but like holy shit, man, like it's gotta start putting it together at some point. Um, it's year three, and I don't think that they did themselves any favors with this roster construction yes. for their young guys. And like exactly. I look, some of these guys have talent for sure, but we gotta see it for an extended period of time on an NBA court. 
The reason why I'll still put the Wizards at 15 and the Pistons at 14 is because the Wizards have more incentive to blow shit up halfway through the year. And if Tyus Jones is accidentally winning them five too many games, he'll be on the Lakers or the Celtics after the deadline. Like, that's just the reality. Well, I guess the Celtics don't have any tradable salary now, but the he will definitely be on another team by the second half of the year, I would imagine. And I think everyone, including Kuzma and Poole and whoever, if they show out, everyone's everyone on that team is going to be available at the deadline. And the Pistons are more likely to make a win-now trade. The Wizards are may, way more likely to make a let's-sell-everything-off trade trades yeah. at the deadline. So I'll give them the nod. Let's go 15 for the Wizards. I'm assuming you had the Pistons at 14 as well? I, I did. I did. Very much so. So the 13 seed is a team that I'm a bit more conflicted on, which is the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are a team that I was like, you know, I'm a little higher on them. And then, you know, one of their young guys went on Instagram live and is seemingly being mind controlled by government forces and uh, has already left the team. I I just feel like, uh, oh my God, Dylan Brooks was already ejected in his first game playing for the Rockets. Let's go. He hit Daniel Tyson the nuts. Of course he did. God damn it. Revenge. Revenge oh, for the, the, the World Cup. That's Jesus Christ. That's brutal, man. Oh my God. Amazing. Uh, I, I love uh, w- what a culture, great culture signing that guy is. He really um, is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good, good job, Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, this is a team that I'm very conflicted on, mainly because, like, I just, I think they have a lot of talent. I also think that no one, no one's going to respect the coach. I think that all of their guys are talented to an extent that are in their rotation, but also they're a bit like kind of. It, it as we said before, they're like the Hooper Anarchy team, and they certainly have more talent than they've had before. But they're also trying to integrate Brandon Miller into their offense. We'll see how that works. We'll see how much you know on ball opportunities he gets. I don't think they're going to play a lick of fucking defense for the second straight year, and I think that they are more likely to end up being a team that if they're really sucking, they end up throwing in the towel and saying fuck it down the stretch as opposed to a team that's going to be going all in. I still it's hard for me to see them as a 13 seed because I think they have more talent than your average 13 seed, but the league is so deep and someone has to be bad. Yeah, I mean, I I have them here, but again, I have them kind of in a tier at this point. I think yeah. that they're going to be a like I think there's a bunch of teams you could actually put here at 13. Like you could tell me you could tell me the Hornets made the play-in tournament and I would not be surprised by that in any way shape or form I think that to your point you look at the talent and it's like is there a huge difference in talent between like the Kings and the Hornets like really like man-to-man but down the roster like would you look at like everyone who's like come back and I guess the difference would be like Sabonis but they do have like LaMelo Ball as like a um, Fox type guy like they should hypothetically be good at all this stuff, but I just, 
the the infrastructure is just not there and the vibes are too fucked up like yeah. they're just really <laughs> the vibes are just too fucked up and um i also think that james borrego was like a good coach and i think steve clifford i don't know i think he might just suck i think he's like an okay coach but he's a guy who like speed runs the tibs tuning out thing like yeah I think he's someone who's good for like the first season and then quickly like And they were terrible last year, but LaMelo yeah. did miss most of the season. I keep, you know, forgetting. And yeah. by the way, uh Will is saying that they had a top twelve defense once Marks Williams was a starter. Mark Williams started seventeen games last year. <laughs> They they, they started him in the last March. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse March. Yeah. Mick, Mickey Mouse Mark Williams is what I'm yeah. trying to say here. Yeah. Uh you can't, this is why you can't do regular season stuff because like a third of the season just straight up doesn't. Fucking he only matter. played in he only played in half the games. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the Hornets did not try on defense. I mean, from what I watched, they did not try on defense. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Steve Clifford had a fucking a pulmonary obo- uh, embolism after one of the fucking games <laughs> because they were they literally just didn't even try on defense at all. Maybe yeah. getting rid of Kelly Oubre will help a lot in that regard because I don't think that a Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre-led team is going to be anything similar to what this team is this year with LaMelo Ball back. Gordon <clears throat> Hayward, maybe if he could stay healthy. Like I said, they have a lot of talent down the roster. They're better than your average 13 seed, but I don't know what teams ahead of them are going to be falling so drastically to fall beyond that 13 seed. Let me tell you about my candidate because I am going to offer up uh, my 12 seed team, um, the Chicago Bulls, who I think is a candidate for this. They're, uh, cer- they're certainly a candidate. I yeah. think that's right. I think that the, I don't, did you see the news today about them wanting to re-sign DeMar DeRozan to an extension? Demar Derozan is thirty four years old. Between like the Bears, like this is like um th- this is like what's gonna happen to like Boston sports fans um like like but this is the 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 price God exacts on you for like decades of things going your way with like the the Bulls and then the Cubs finally won one but the, it's like just the hell that Chicago sports fans have to fucking The Cubs winning set the whole city back 100 years ago. Yeah, it really did. Like yeah. it broke something like so something like Eldritch emerged. <laughs> A seal on an ancient beast was awoken the, and the, the cur- it went from the curse of the Billy Goat to the curse of uh Billy Epstein. <laughs> or, not Billy Epstein. What about Theo Epstein? Theo I'm sorry. <laughs> Called Billy Epstein. Billy Bean. I match. I match them up to two. Okay. I knew you were going to go there. I matched up Billy Bean and Theo Epstein. Apologies to Theo Epstein. But hey, not a baseball I mean, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but I really do think like I I think the Bulls are a candidate to make a lot of trades. Um. I th- also think their uh, GM has really bad instincts um, for stuff like this. So, yeah. um, you know, if they're thinking very about- bad reactionary <laughs> trade history for, yes. him. I mean, the, the one of the worst we've seen. Yeah. So like, I just, you know, I think that I also don't think the bulls just don't have a lot of young talent outside of Zach. Like I know I get, well, Zach isn't even young anymore too. He's like 28. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, he's like in his prime, at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 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 but like Patrick Williams, I like Odesumu, but like as like a seventh man, you know, like, right. and I, you know, there's just not a lot of other guys who are 
like exciting. Like Alex Caruso at the end of this contract, like he's a candidate to be traded in season, or I would, if they're smart, they would like think about it. Like um, Kobe White's like kind of come along. Like I thought, he was, third, I thought he's a good third guard. That's what I was like. He like, I thought he was like unplayable, like shouldn't be in the league for like yeah. a little bit there. He's kind of like last like year or two, he's kind of like turned it around to where like, He's like a rotation player, um, like a deep rotation player. Like, so. Yeah, but I mean, every conversation with the Bulls just comes back to how much the Lonzo injury fucked them. But yeah. I will say, I think the fact that they signed Javon Carter and Torrey Craig makes them a little bit. They have more playable guys this year for sure. And Alex Caruso is one of the most impactful defenders if they keep him. It's just once again, Billy Donovan. Uh, is I actually think Billy Donovan's a fine coach. I just think that there are there are going to be scapegoats throughout the course of a season if you underperform. And I think Billy Donovan has the highest coach uh, to be fired first odds in the NBA this year. Because think about it like this. What other teams possibly could have coach to be fired first? The Rockets just hired a new coach. They're not going to fire him. Mm-hmm. Well, unless he does something. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you might not fire him. For, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I was saying, you told me they were uh, they were firing him after he took a team to the finals in year one. He's he's got a record of uh, making that choice for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Clipper, um, Clippers could with Ty Lu, but I also think that the Clippers will probably be too competitive, and I think that they'll just ride out the rest of his contract because he's in the last year of his deal. Mavericks, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's a really good one. Yeah, Jason Kidd's a good one. Um, the the Pelicans coach, Willie Green. His name, Willie Green. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. think it's Alvin Gentry. It's Willie Green. No, respect <laughs> Sixers legend stuck. Willie Green. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I could see them firing him, like just to you know, shake things up and maybe you know, I like, think that 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 might be us protect the GM's job thing. But he's exactly mind, he's already fired two coaches. Griffin has? He fired Alvin Gentry and then he fired Stan Van Gundy after one season. Oh, yeah. I, for, I, I always forget Stan Van Gundy coached the t- team for a season. Yep. That's that's fucking, man, dude. Okay, Stan I'll say this Van. The, t- the, the guys, my three guys, I think, could be on the hot seat just due to circumstance. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that they're not new, like Monty Williams or Ime Adoka. Just due to circumstance are Chauncey Billups, Jason Kidd, and I I think the, the Blazers are going to kind of want to be bad, but just to be like, oh, we don't want to lose. Let's fire Chauncey Billups, who we only hired for Dame anyway. And then the last one is Billy Donovan, I think. That's fair. I, I think they'll – it's usually a bad look when you're, like, clearly rebooting to, like, fire a coach. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think if I think if Chauncey left, it would be like in the off season, and it would be like a mutual parting of ways. Yeah, so that's true. That's thing. probably like, true. But yeah. kid, kid is the one. Kid is the one who has a ton of pressure on him. Like if the Mavs start yeah. out like shit for the first two months, he's gone. Like year three, it's the same exact situation that happened with his other teams where they played way above their level for the first year, and then they regressed in year two. If they regress again in year three, it could be really bad for him. <laughs> Mavericks are ten and thirteen in, in their twenty fourth game, and he all of a sudden is holding onto a giant Gatorade container, pretending to take a sip out of it, <laughs> saying to Omax, "Hit me!" Oh, it spills it all over the floor. Do you remember that when Jason? No. Did? Oh, he had when on the Nets, he um, they were out of timeouts, and he had a drink, and he okay. told I forget who it was. 
of on the team. But Tyshawn Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. I don't yeah. Even, that sounds like a football player. Then, I don't even remember Tyshawn Taylor. In, he told him, hit me. You can read it on the on the thing. Bumps into him and the, he drops on accident, drops the soda all over the floor. And they have to stop the game to clean it up. And he uses the timeout to drop a, <laughs> a play. I it don't remember like, this at all. I'm one awesome. of the most amazing NBA moments. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I think those are the coaches that are most likely to be fired. Someone said the Wolves. I don't think, I think the Wolves are going to be too good. I think that they're going to be a really good regular season team. And I think that Chris Finch seems like a fine coach. I mean, I, he, he seems like a lot of people that are like more into X's and O's say he really knows what he's doing. So I, I I don't think they're going to fire Chris Finch. Maybe who's their GM again? Oh, it's Tim Connolly. Tim yeah, Connolly did. Yeah. Tim Connolly did. To be fair, if if the Rudy Cat pairing looks like shit again, mm. and they have they underperform, Tim Connolly didn't hire him. That's a big point. Of a lot of these guys get hired by the front offices, like the Bulls, Karnasovas and Eversley. They hired Billy Donovan, so they're probably going to want to keep him around as long as possible because it's a bad look if you fire a coach that you brought in. Whereas in that situation, like Blazer situation, they didn't hire Chauncey Billups. Wolf situation, they didn't hire Chris Finch. It's a possibility, but like, I'm, as we'll get to the Western Conference next week, I think they're going to possibly be a top four seed. So I don't really see them firing their coach halfway through this year. Um, so let's move on to, I also had the Bulls in the 12 seed, to be clear. I had them missing the play-in. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to put these teams down here because like they're talented, dude. Like yeah. they've got they've got a decent amount of rotation players. They've got the star power if everything clicks, but their offense they keep talking about in these pressers about how they're going to focus on offense and oh, we're going to we're you know, we're not just going to be a defensive first team like we've been the last few years. We're going to be offense, offense, offense. And I just don't know how that is possible when you're running an offense through Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan. Like, they just don't take, they don't create enough efficient offense for everyone who's around them. I just don't see a way that they are an efficient top offensive team. I could see them being a top 10 defensive team and being carried to the play and on the strength of that. But to me, their ceiling is like an eight seed. So I, I, I feel somewhat comfortable putting them in this 12 seed. Uh, and I think it's more likely that they end up having to trade Zach Levine, like we discussed last week on the power rankings. Uh, do we have the same 11 seed? I think we do. Um, I we, have the Brooklyn Nets. I also have the Brooklyn Nets. I okay. So why the Ra- Why not the Raptors and why the Nets? Because I had the Raptors in my 10 seed. It's um, close for me. It, it's pretty. I, 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 close for me. Masai won't make a trade. Yeah, I think Sean Marks is more likely to make a step back trade if he sees that going on. You know what I'm saying? If he sees that, like, if if Ben is if Ben is fucking hooping and the team is still dog shit, like he will definitely try to move to like get off of Ben Simmons. I think he will. Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal, maybe. Yeah, I'm just gonna say those guys are like the gonna be the trade deadline like bolster. You know, a playoff rotation like the the Bucks are gonna send whatever. Um, Second round picks in 2047. It's like seven for Royce O'Neal or something like that. Like, there's going to be trades like that happening. Um, 
I don't know. Like, and you know, the Raptors. I mean, say what you will about the Raptors. I mean, Pascal has been an All NBA player multiple times. Like, OG is a like a, a good player. Like, you know, they don't fit well together. Um, they're going to defend the hell out of the. You know, they're they're going to be able to defend. Um, and they're going to be a war crime on offense. So, like, I, I, you know, I think that they will be fine enough. You know, there's. Um, well, Aaron's saying the Raptors don't have their 2024 pick. I got bad news for you about the Nets. The mm-hmm. Houston Rockets own their 2024 pick from the James Harden trade. That is be- beginning to be paid back. So the Nets have no incentive to tank either is the yeah. other part of this. So I, I just, you know, I, the Raptors for say, say all you want. Like I like Mikhail Bridges. I like some of the other guys. They've got better high-end talent that fits together worse i would say um but i think Masai is a sicko who's not gonna make a trade like i i don't think he wants to make a trade to take a step back like i think he's a goofy meme i'll fucking do it again like yeah yeah if anything he'll go in the opposite direction right so i just you know whatever whatever it is We'll, we'll see what happens but i Someone said he'll make a trade, but it will be back to get back DeMar DeRozan. Norm Powell and DeMar DeRozan, you are Toronto Raptors. He just trades back. He just All the guys he feels bad about trading, he trades for them back on the team. Oh, Jesus Christ. Kyle Lowry, he's coming home. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So I'll say this much. If we're going on a vibes perspective, talent for talent, the Nets and the Raptors are pretty similar to me. I guess, sure, the Raptors have better high-end talent, assuming Siakam stays the way he is, and that Scotty Barnes doesn't, uh, you know, create some sort of hostage situation where he uh, takes away the ball and calls Pascal Siakam selfish and overrated. I will say they have worse vibes, and um, it's not a good situation for a rookie coach. Like, I think a lot is going to depend on this new coach that they hired. Um, yeah. But then again, you start off the year good, that can fix some things, sure. You can say that about a lot of these teams. Yeah. But the vibes don't seem great. And, like, the Nets kind of thrive. The one thing I will give the Nets credit for is that they kind of thrive when there's no expectations. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like in terms of overperforming how good they should be. So mm-hmm. it's definitely possible that they overperform and make the play-in or they're, like, a scrappy lower seed because of the fact that they're just like they're talented, they're kind of built for the modern NBA. They just don't have the top end talent. It's 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 definitely possible the Nets have a higher ceiling in standings that I'm giving them credit for. But like if I were to go Raptors and Nets head to head, I'll give the Raptors the slight talent advantage. But I think the Nets are just behind them, and I think that they they definitely have a chance because the vibes are just so much better. Well, look when when we're sitting here. In, in on January 15th, and we're talking about Cam Thomas being the most improved player in the NBA. My guy, dude. He's back. He's yeah. so fucking back, baby. Yeah. Like, All don't stop going fucking nuts last night, dude. Another 20-point game for our guy Cam Thomas in the preseason. Hitting catch and shoot threes. I'm telling you, I'm in on I'm in on Cam. Don't 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 give up on uh Dion Waiters, but but actually good. Yeah. Um Mikhail Bridges needs to take a step back and really let one chef 
Like exactly. Yeah, Mikael Bridges is the Jalen Brown to his Jason Tatum. Like he really is putting a limit on uh, how good how good yeah <laughs> how good Cam Thomas yeah, how good Cam Thomas is is going to be. Can when I, uh, Nick Claxton and Mikael Bridges and Ben Simmons take a back seat, we will see our guy Cam shine. Can I blow your mind for a second? Yes. I actually did not have the Raptors next. Who did you have next? I had the Orlando Magic next. Okay, so I had them at in night at the ninth seed. Mm-hmm. I had the Raptors in the ten seed, but I could see that that's my first playoff match. The, we both have the same play in matchup. That's yeah. the first play in matchup: Magic yeah. versus Raptors. Yeah. So the Magic, I we, we talked about this last week. They might be a uh, a year away from being really what they can be. I think. Mm-hmm. But they also have the upside of one of Paulo or Franz makes the all-star team and or at least is in the conversation and maybe both of them are. And they make that true leap where just because the, the talent around them isn't quite fully formed yet doesn't mean that they can uh, uh, perform above expectations. And I think the 10 seed would be a, a really nice outcome for them, like. Yeah. Not not being out of like they were above they were what since they they had their shitty start last year they were like five hundred for the rest of the year. Um, mm. I I kind of like I kind of like them just getting into the play in and maybe making some noise. Yeah, no, I, and that's that's like what I want for them. I was really like high on them. I was high on both them and Detroit coming into last year, and I like had to remind myself, oh yeah, young teams like. Usually suck. suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just because I like like the guys doesn't mean they're like gonna be good. So like and I, I like Paolo and I like Franz, but I just again this team just doesn't fit well together. There's just not like I can't believe they didn't get like any shooting whatsoever. Like I, especially like at the, the point guard position, like I like I think they're probably gonna trade Cole Anthony at some point and like He's like one of the only guys who like has like real shooting gravity on the team that isn't Franz or Paulo. So like I, I don't understand like why they, they just needed more shooting. I actually don't I actually kind of like the Anthony Black pick, like from a talent perspective. Like I, I kind of like him, but just the problem is like he's like the last thing they fucking needed <laughs> was yeah. like a big defensive point guard who like has a questionable shaky shot. Like you, like I know Jalen Suggs isn't big, but you have the defensive point guard in Jalen Suggs like right there. And you, he can't really like play meaningful minutes. So I just, start, by the way, they started tonight, both Fultz and Suggs. Wow. That's interesting. I just hate that. You have like you like if you're going to run your offense through Paulo or Franz or both of them, you want guys who can spot up around them. Neither of those guys can shoot spot up threes. They, I can't believe Jalen Sun shot like 27% from three last year. They should have been in on fucking um, Fred Van Vliet. Honestly, they could have really fucking used Drew Holiday too. Like, I mean, they sure. probably weren't weren't willing to pay that price. Like, it's you know, it's really look. Easy I'm saying, I, yeah. I, I'm saying though, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not of the Bill Rosillo go get a guy because you're a young team. Like, right. I'm fine with being patient. I'm totally fine with obsessing your situation. But you're in a small market, it works differently. I get that. Maybe you're not on Drew Holiday's list or whatever. But, but like, yeah, like. We know Paulo and Franz are really good. 
because we know they're going to be all stars. Mm-hmm. And if you know that, going out and getting a Donovan Mitchell, uh, Drew Holiday, whoever is available, to me is not the worst idea in the world, to be honest. Damian Lillard, yeah. Like, I think that that would have been – those are the kind of guys they should be looking for. I think that they're they're going to end up regretting going too slow and being too invested in players that are nice players that probably aren't great fits with their two best players, like Suggs and yeah. Foltz. And even some guys that they have coming off their bench. Like I, I, I think Wendell Carter's a surefire bet, like to be a guy that fits with them, and that's kind of it for the guys that are currently on their team. I'm laughing at Piss saying in the comments, are there any Republican point guards? <laughs> no. And then no, Will it's all said, wins, right? It's all wins. And then, and then Will said, Steph Curry to the Magic, let's go. <laughs> That's points. Oh, that's God. points. <laughs> Let's go. Um, that's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I, I don't have a problem with it from a macro team building perspective either. It's it's fine to be patient with this stuff, but I just think it caps how many wins they can have in season. You know, sure. like, I need them, if they want to be good and they want to make this push, I think it's going to be, like, a trade at the deadline of them trying to, you know, move money for, you know, try and get a shooter. Like they could have really used Reggie Bullock to be honest, even though he's like not good. Like, I, I you know, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just would have like, he was just someone. That's he what literally I'm just had him for, for nothing. I mean, that, maybe that's he didn't why. Want to there, but yeah. Will said they should have been in on the, like the, um, the Joe Harris salary dump. I totally agree. Like they just yeah. need someone with like a little bit of like, shooting gravity so yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know I, maybe maybe they get that i i i have said a hundred times i think it's easy to find shooting and i think that hopefully they make a move some point in the season to acquire some more shooting around these guys i guess so, just my point is that they're they are more likely like i don't think they're going to be in any rush to make their team good the yeah. way the raptors are so again sure. this is why I have the raptors hire so okay so magic versus raptors in the play-in for the first play-in who do you have mm-hmm. who do you think wins that Magic Raptors in the plan. I that is going to be a gross fucking game. <laughs> um, I kind of like the Magic in that matchup, though. I'm going to be honest. I, ha- like, I pick the Magic, and yeah. I think that the Magic losing to the Raptors in the plan is the funniest possible outcome because they're doing what Masai always wanted to do with the big wings, uh, but yeah. they he actually they actually got wings who can dribble and shoot. Unlike Masai, who has dedicated himself to just signing guys who are defensive first wings, long arms, whatever. So I think it would be incredibly poetic if the Magic went to Toronto and beat them in the play-in. I have the Magic winning at home in the first play-in game, so I have them advancing to the final play-in game where they will play the loser of my seven, eight seeds, which for me, I had the Atlanta Hawks as the eight seed and the Indiana Pacers as the seven seed. Your, who who do you have as the eight seed? I have the uh, Indiana Pacers as the as my eight seed. Okay, so we weren't too far off on that. I know you're gonna have the Hawks as the one seed. So, <laughs> uh, seven seed. I had the New York Knickerbockers. Okay, so, so you have Knicks Pacers. Yes. Playing the the winner advancing to be the second uh, to play the second seed, mm-hmm. and the loser playing the Magic. And so, who would you pick in a Knicks Pacers? 
playing game. By the way, Obi Toppin revenge game possible yes. here. Some some narratives. I I, I kind of like the Knicks in this matchup. Um, I just think that Thibodeau Ball slowing down a young team. Um, you know, I I think to Will's point, I don't think RJ will play a lot in that game. <laughs> so we'll really empower the Knicks. Um, you know, but I do like the pace chances of being in the play, beating the Hawks in the play. And I apologize to Sam. I know his Hawks are look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Quinn Snyder reinvigorates. Maybe losing John Collins is an addition because it gives them additional spacing. Jalen Johnson takes a step. A Kong Wu can play more easily, play more minutes. There's, there's a ton of possibilities. I will say the Hawks have a lot of upside because they have so many young guys that could be good this season. And they could have a situation where they overperform because they finally have a coach that, you know, the maybe Trey doesn't hate or whatever. And maybe they, they, they are better than this. Having said that, I picked the Pacers to beat them in the play-in because I think that I like that team a lot. I like the roster construction. Jairus Walker was someone I was really high in on the draft. He looked great in his preseason debut. Last year, Matherin had a pretty instant impact. We'll see how he looks in year two uh, because he really kind of trailed off after that hot start and had some issues on defense and with passing and all that stuff. But the dude lives at the line. He'll probably be more, I'd imagine, of a six-man type uh, off-ball guy. We'll see what happens with the Buddy Heald situation. There's a lot of variance, but if they keep Buddy Heald going into the season and they have a lot of shooting around Tyrese Halliburton, I think that team could make some noise in the postseason. And like I said, I have them as a seven seed. I have them advancing to play against my two seed. I think they have good depth. I think they have a lot of NBA talent. They have a lot of young talent. I think they're going to be able to run up and down the court with the best of them. Uh, they're going to be a ton of fun to watch this year. So I have, my, so your matchup for the second uh, play in round, the final to play for the eight seed is the, I believe it is the uh, is it the, the Pacers, Pacers versus, versus the Magic? Magic, yeah. Which I that would be a lot of fun. I hope yeah. I hope those teams play in the play. And um, boy, I don't know who would win that one. To be honest, um, I'll probably give it to the Pacers just because I think with how fast they are, um, I think that that is will be a little bit of an Achilles heel for the Magic, where you don't really give their defense a chance to get set. Um, that said, Paulo will fucking eat um, in that matchup. Uh, so we'll see. This is gonna, that's what that's a guards versus forward matchup. We'll we'll see what happens. I have in my matchup, I have the Toronto Raptors versus the Atlanta Hawks. Right? No, I'm sorry. I have the Orlando Magic versus the uh, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. So Hawks Magic. I'm going with the Magic, baby. They're getting in as the eight seed. Let's go. The Atlanta Hawks. This will be the last year of the Trey Young run in Atlanta. There will be a lot of leaks in the media about how much the organization can't stand him. There will be a lot of public things going on with the trade requests and all that shit. This will be the last year Trey Young is on the Magic. They will miss the playoffs entirely. And the Magic will be the eight seed. So I have the Magic as the eight seed, the Pacers as the seven seed, which sets up my top six seeds. Let's get let's get to our six seed. Hey, up. bud, 
Yeah, I'm just going to um, – I need you to clip about an hour 26 into this episode. When the Hawks make the conference finals, um, that's when Trill goes on his little diatribe about um, the Atlanta Hawks. So just, you know, for, for the for the YouTube video. It's over uh, for you, baby. Fuck you, Tony Wrestler's son. <laughs> You're out of here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go uh, – I think – Yes, so my succeed is the uh, the the worst franchise in the NBA. Truly despicable. Rest in piss, bozos. The Miami Heat. Um, Same. I also have them as the succeed. Yeah. Um, gross, disgusting. Can't wait to watch them perish um, a horrible death at the hands of the uh, I don't know whoever I have as my three seed. Well, well the, the the real question is the real question here is. Why would they ever give a fuck about the regular season ever again? They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> like, like, like yeah. they're going to be the sixth seed. They might just be like, yeah, let's just get literally the last spot before the play-in so we don't have to worry about what happened with Atlanta last year. Let's yeah. just get the sixth seed. Let's c- cool. We're, we're not afraid of anyone, whether it's the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Cavs, whoever is one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference, we think we could beat them. We have Jimmy Butler. We have Garrick Spolstra. Let's go to war. They might they might slide down a bracket to avoid the Hawks in round two to play the Celtics earlier. <laughs> like, like, like they might like throw games down the season to try to get to the eighth spot. Like, all right, all right, ready? Picture this. Yep. Game two in Boston, Celtics down 0-1 to the Heat. (laughs) They put the Drew Holiday. I've already seen this, by the way. I know. I was going to say, Drew Holiday Holiday switching on to Jimmy Butler. He starts to have Vietnam flashbacks to last year's first round when Jimmy Butler put him into a blender. (laughs) He backs him down from the three-point line. It's like uh, it's so funny because one of the guys that you guys acquired is someone that also was destroyed by Jimmy mentally. So it's like the, Porzingis is the only one coming in fresh here, being like, "I don't know what you guys are so worried about," and they're like, "I've seen some shit." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fucking, fucking Derek White smoking a cigarette in the locker room. Yeah, it's like it's like John Wick when like uh, fucking Theon Greyjoy is like, it's just a fucking dog. Like that's Porzingis, and, and we have no idea, no idea what this man does to us. He loves attention. He thrives off of it. They call him Booba Bayang, <laughs> the theater kid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to say the boogeyman. Well, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Hope yeah. that wasn't offensive. Anyway, the uh, yeah, the the Heat are going to be a succeed though. They don't they don't give a shit. Um, so they will be the succeed. Yeah, we agree uh, on that. Um, fifth, fifth seed, I have who you had in the play, and I have the Knicks. I have the Atlanta Hawks. So, so there you go. <laughs> there it is. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Knicks are just going to try really hard. Sibs will always try hard. Their team isn't much better than last year, but they got Dante DiVincenzo, and they have a bunch of rotation players, and they got the whole Villanova thing going on. I think they'll be a good regular season team. I just think outside of the Kings, they are the team that screams regression candidate the most. They could be. Have you have you seen this shit with people talking about their offensive rebounding and how, like, they basically Leon Rose's front office invested a ton into analytics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that analytics says is that 
offensive rebounding was this marketed efficiency that teams hadn't really invested in. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the reason why they acquired the guys that they acquired. It's part of the reason why they signed Mitchell Robbins to that extension. They traded for Josh Hart. They get guys who are very good at rebounding positionally. And they kind of bludgeon you to death that way. And that's what we saw in the Cavs series. The Cavs couldn't get a fucking rebound. And the Knicks generated a ton more possessions and and ended up winning that series in five games. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting only because I know Grant Aller is like the second in command there along with Gerson Rosas, the formerly ashamed Gerson Rosas, uh, running the show there in New York with Leon Rose. And I just thought that was interesting because... I know Maury has talked about it publicly. It's something that Nick Nurse really drives home. But I think the fact that they the, the, this rebounding thing that, that I know the Raptors teams have had it, and that's how they got to the playoffs. If you wanted to make a case against the Knicks, that's how the Raptors got to the playoffs last year, and then they regressed and missed the playoffs this year. The Knicks could be that regression candidate just because may, maybe it isn't sustainable year to year to constantly rely on offensive rebounding. But, I mean... Jalen Brunson's certainly a better shot creator than anyone that was on those Raptors teams. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, the Julius Randall thing is very interesting just in yeah. terms of like, probably the most Jekyll and Hyde player like year to year. in the we've talked about year. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you never know what you're going to get there. Um, Jalen Brunson who completely owned me last year. Um, so, you know, I doubt him at my own peril, but you know, anytime a guy makes a huge leap into like true stardom, yeah. um, you know, I, I always think he's going to take a little bit of a step back and that's not really slight to Jalen Brunson. I think that he um, abetted himself by being the best player in a playoff series, which is completely different from being a Mickey mouse, like regular season, good player which Julius Randle has never done. So like, yeah, I have a lot of respect for Jalen Brunson. I just think in terms of the Knicks, like regular season prospects, I just don't necessarily think they're going to be like a win machine. Um, you know, uh, again, you know, you know, in the way that uh, they have been before. So, so the one kind of thing here that might work in the Knicks favor is they do have an Evan Fournier expiring contract for $18.5 million, $18.8 million next year. And they have a lot of picks. And we just saw what they did with Cam Reddish trading for Josh Hart at the deadline. If there's someone in that, Jer I mean, Jeremy Grant might make too much because then they'd have to trade like multiple rotation players. But there might be some sort of hey, let's trade Evan Fournier's expiring with a first-round pick and make a massive upgrade at that position. Then you're talking about a team that, once again, like it's just like solid one through eight. The one thing I do, I, I am a little bit worried about with this team is what if they sustain injuries? Because you could say this about any team, obviously, mm -hmm. but it feels like their one through seven or one through eight is pretty strong. Mm -hmm. But once you get past that, there's a ton of question marks. And, you know, Tibbs has been able to find guys on the fringes before. Like, I like Deuce McBride, uh, who's on their roster. Jericho Sims has shown some things in his first few years in the NBA. But I wonder, like, if Mitchell Robinson gets injured, like he tends to do, 
if Isaiah Hartenstein, specifically like their bigs, if those guys get hurt, what does this team kind of look like? And that's where I think the bottom could really fall out for them. Uh, so it will be interesting to see. I don't know. Uh, the It was funny. I felt better about their roster until I just looked at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Like they're, they're, the top of their roster is good. They just have a bunch of good players, and also R.J. Barrett. But um, <laughs> but uh, but it, it does feel as though they they could be a team that like if they have a bad injury luck year, maybe two guys are out for an extended period of time, things could get ugly pretty quickly. Because I don't think that they're I don't think they're like twelve deep. I think they're like eight or nine deep. Yeah, and they just kind of came out of nowhere. I just always think it's different. Like, when you're a team that won a playoff series last year, you're on the calendar in a different way than you are when you're like a – what were they the year before that, a playing team? I guess they made the – They didn't even make the play in the year they didn't before, make before the they playoff. got Jalen Brunson, yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just they're, – they're a regression candidate. I think they're still, you know, a dangerous-ish team in the playoffs. Like, I think they're going to make you – you're not going to beat themselves. They're going to make you work for it. Um, but, like – um, I just don't think, I just think that just the, the wear and tear of the regular season and just sort of the ups and downs of year to year, I think they're a team that you got to look at as a team that got pretty lucky last year is still a good team. And we'll show that in the playoffs, they're going to either win a first round series or put a scare on someone um, yeah. who's better than them. But I do think like, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them like puttering or down around where I had them in like the seven, eight range too, you know, like they could also be up here. So, okay. So you had the Hawks in the five seed That's and right. then did you have the Sixers or the Cavs in the four seed? I need oh, to wait. know. Wait, what? Wait. I fucked this up. Um, did you forget someone? No, I, I, well, you know what? I'm just going to roll with it now. I actually had the Cavs um, before Miami in the sixth seed. Um, okay, so but, you have the Cavs in the sixth seed. I, not, but, you know, I'm thinking about it. That, that's too aggressive. I, I'm looking at their roster now. Yes, I have, I have the Cavs in the four seed. So, okay, so you'll go Cavs, four seed. Yep. So they'll face off against the Knicks in your first round matchup. And then you'll have, I'm assuming the Sixers in the three seed? Yes. I had the Sixers in the four seed. Cavs and I had the, the Cavs in the three seed. Okay. So the that was my uh I do think I think the Cavs have the upside of being a one or two seed. Regular yeah. season wise, they're gonna stack up a lot of wins. They were really good last year. They've 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 been even before they got Donovan Mitchell, they were a top three seed when Jared Allen was healthy before they had their fall fall from grace at the end of two years ago. Like, they're going to be a top three seed in the regular season. The playoffs is where I worry about them again. Obviously, we saw it last year. They missed the play in the year before. We've talked about how they've kind of filled in the edges with them with shooting around the roster, getting George Niang, getting Max Struess, getting just a bunch of guys who could potentially be that fifth guy in any given lineup. They're still going to have issues with rebounding, as I said before. But in the regular season, I trust them on a night-to-night basis. I think they're kind of deep. I think they have a roster that makes some sense, and they have a a really good top four guys. So that's why I have them in the three-seed. Knicks, or the Sixers I have in the four-seed. I've already given most of my thoughts on the Sixers. This is with a hardened trade or without a hardened trade. I just think the Sixers are going to be a good regular season team, not a great one. They're 
yeah, I mean, they, they have a lot of talent. They have a good coach. They have the MVP from last year. They'll still win games in the regular season, I think. I don't think that they're going to be making noise in the playoffs by any means, but I think that in the regular season, they'll be good. I'm thinking about picking the Sixers to be make the conference finals. <laughs> you're, you're a sicko. I, I'm really Don't you put that evil on me. I'm just saying, like, they just have to not play the Celtics. We talked about it. Like, they failed at that last year. They, like, they just have to not play the Celtics. I really think they can match up well against the Bucs. Like, well, spoiler alert here. I have the Celtics as my number one seed. I so also, my number one seed. But you had the you had the Sixers as the three seed, right? Yes. So they would they would technically avoid the Celtics if they won in the first round, but they'd have to play against the Miami Heat in that situation in the first round, which is another matchup I think that the Sixers don't want to see, especially if they, they make a James Harden trade for and get like depth pieces back. We'll see. I don't know. Like G- Jimmy Butler, it's a different ball game when you have Jimmy Butler um, up against fascism. Like we've we've seen the true theater. I don't know. Like I, Jimmy Butler. Like I think Nick Nurse can go terror ball against terror ball with the Miami. You know, Heat. Like that would be a truly disgusting coaching matchup. So well, I, the GMs I, did say that the other than Spo, I believe Nurse was best at in-game adjustments of any coach. I think it went Spo one, Nurse two in the GM yeah. poll. They also said that Drew Holiday was the best perimeter defender in the NBA, and last year they said Marcus Smart. So I think they might have been trying to make up for their BMM, uh, you know, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> They've gotten through to the GMs as well. Right. I I think I don't know. Like again, I'm gonna like die on this hill. Like a lot of the other teams, I think the Sixers were better than they showed in a lot of ways. Um, last year, I think last offseason was a really weird thing, and I think that they were Sixers almost beat the team that is the worst matchup for them in the NBA last year in the playoffs. Like, I, and I get that like everyone's got the cosmic insanity and like the way that it went down, you know, like with all Maxi and Tobias and everyone going cold from three and like all, and then Jason Tatum like ripping the heart out in Game Seven. Like, it's a it's a bad way to go out, but. I just think if you look at the facts of like what happened in that series and like the fact that the Celtics are their worst matchup year after year after year for exactly what we talk about, they've got these two explosive wings. I think I, I just, I can't do, I, I I think I could take losing to the Celtics or bucks next year. I can't take Jimmy Butler in what is supposed to be a down year for the heat again, beating the Sixers. Like it would just, you don't have to worry about that. Because they're not making the playoffs. I gave them a boost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sam's going back. Sam's going back and he's like, you know what? I hate the Miami Heat so much. Yeah, they're gonna be the seventh seed and they're gonna fall out of the play in tournament. Uh two losses. It will be it will be the same thing as last year, but instead yeah. the, the Bulls will hold on at the end. Uh no, but in all seriousness, the matchups that we have here. So I, I spoiled, I said I had the Celtics as the one seed, I had the Bucks as the two seed. The Cavs is the three seed, the Sixers is the four seed, the Knicks as the five seed, the Heat as the six seed, the uh, and then my coming out of my seven and eight seed, I had the Pacers and the Magic. So my one eight matchup is the Celtics versus the Magic. I had the Celtics in six in this series in the first round against the Magic. Sam, are you prepared for the Franz Wagner, Paulo Ben Caro Magic in the first round? 
against your Boston Celtics. They always play them tough. I was going to say, well, I know who the best forward tandem is going to be on the floor. Yeah. Celtics. Yeah. So Paulo's going to have to grow up, though, against uh, small Giannis. I was going to say. so. And that's like his idol, too, Tatum. He loves Tatum. This boy. Yeah. That's part of the reason why he went to Duke, probably. Oh, God. That's such a bummer, man. He's hit yeah, Paul's gonna play him and say, Man, why can't you fucking shoot anymore? <laughs> this is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I have no... What would be your one eight matchup then? Because you have the Celtics in the one seed. Yeah. And then yeah, so who it, you have in the eight seed for your I think I, I think it did said the magic as well. So um Okay. So I, I also had the magic beating the or that maybe I had the Pacers. Either way, um the Pacers have just gotten like euthanized um every time they've historically like um every time they've historically played um the celtics then again this is a totally different team so yeah. who knows like you know um can rick carlisle we'll steal a game or two off of uh joe maz we'll see good coach so, but, yeah unstoppable force immovable object Wait, really Snyder excited. and doc Rivers stole some games i've talked myself back into joe maz because he's just so funny like and it's like well he was in a really bad situation and he has assistant coaches now and he's given the team exactly how he wants to play and sure they looked awful in the preseason but who knows maybe he's good I, i'm still coping so let, okay. me, let me keep coping so you're you have the celtics winning that matchup i assume yes okay so the yeah. Celtics are advancing in your bracket. I have in my two seven. I have the Bucks versus the Pacers. I have the Bucks in five. I think that's a really bad matchup for the Pacers. I think that the Pacers yeah. are a good, fun, young team. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching them, and I think that Giannis will, Giannis and Dame duo will put them in a fucking blender and absolutely yeah. destroy them in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I hope Jarris Walker is good enough to to be you know kind of scrappy with Giannis in the first round, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on it. My two seven is more interesting. I think uh, Knicks Bucks. I could see that being a little fun. Like, yeah, I could um, see like that going six. Yeah, yeah, I could see that being like a fun little matchup. I, I think Tibbs. I think that's a good Tibbs would Tibbs against Giannis. I think he could actually make things kind of hard on Giannis. I mean, I say make things hard on Giannis. Giannis would still average forty <laughs> for the yeah, series, sure. but it would just how you make things hard on Giannis is like, does he get his forty in seventeen shots or does he get his forty in 30 you know like you make uh, him earn it at the line like the boomer announcers will say right you gotta make him earn it right exactly exactly so you know um yeah but i still like the bucks obviously in that matchup okay so So i have uh bucks and five in mind you have the bucks advancing as well yeah bucks and six i would say okay i have Cavs heat as my three six and you will be happy to know that I picked the Heat to win in seven. Wow. That would be like a very oh – God. I, it's it, going to happen. Let's be honest. The Heat phone in the regular season for the second straight year. The yeah. Cavs are this top three seed. They're battling with the Celtics and the Bucks for the top that's, seed all season. That's the and then perfect they lose matchup. to Devil Magic. Well, I was going to say, the Cavs are the perfect matchup to give them a little bit of like momentum, You know, just in terms yeah. of like them being like one of the most – regular season to postseason frauds in yep. the caps, you know, like, so that is like a very, 
unstoppable force and movable object thing. Um, Jimmy destroying souls, uh, Spo figuring out a way to play Max Struess, who they just let go off the floor. <laughs> like, right. like just some real demon magic shit. I have the Philadelphia 76ers euthanizing the Jimmy Butler era um, in Miami and uh, winning oh in five. Oh boy, I hope you're right. God damn, mm-hmm. I would want that more than nothing more in the world. Yeah, I can't even think about it for too long because I'll get I'll get sad that it might not happen. So right. <laughs> probably won't. Uh, so all right. So you have the Sixers beating the Heat in the second round. I have the Heat beating the Cavs, and I have the Sixers versus the Knicks in the first round. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say Sixers in seven, and I know that might sound insane to some people. I've said it since last year. I think the Knicks are a weird matchup for the Sixers. The offensive rebounding has always been a nightmare for the Sixers. Joel, as good as he is, uh, you know, inside, he is not the greatest rebounder in the world for a big. I think that they will create a lot of extra possessions. I think Jalen Brunson could give them nightmares. I think Thibs versus Nurse will be a really interesting coaching battle just from like a war crime standpoint <laughs> like what kind of shit that those two will be cooking up over the course of a seven game series i think the sixers win but i think it takes all seven games and i think that they advanced to round two to play the celtics in the one four and i have the bucks heat in my other matchup and in the second round for me i have the celtics over the sixers in what i hope is not joel and Bead's last game with the sixers but probably will be <laughs> And then I have the the other matchup is the Bucks versus the Heat, and I have the Bucks getting the Demons out of here in seven games. I think they push them to the limit, and I think that that, from a narrative standpoint, the Bucks Heat will be the best matchup in the playoffs next year if they face off. You have Dame, Giannis trying to get revenge for last year. Hopefully, he's healthy. You have Dame who wanted to go to Miami, ends up with the Bucks. You have this will be the fourth time they've played each other in the playoffs. The Heater mm-hmm. have won two series. The Bucks have won one. They could split the matchups with them. And you will basically have the chance to go on and, and go to the Eastern Conference Final. I think that the Heat, I don't think this is the last. I, I think Jimmy's just going to retire with the Heat. I think they're going to try to make another splash and get another star, whether it's at the deadline or or next off season, but I think this is uh, not an Eastern Conference Finals run for them, but a second round for them. So, so that sets up Bucks and Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's yours as well, right? Oh wait, you uh, didn't say yeah. your second round matchup. I di- I didn't say my second round matchup. I also we we, we skipped over my three six matchup, which was Atlanta Cavs, which. <laughs> Our beautiful Hawks uh, bounce so the fraudulent Cavaliers out of Amazing. here. Um, that, of course, sets up a beautiful um, – in the second round, we have our 2-3 matchup. Uh, we have – Bucks uh, and the Hawks? Or Sorry, no. Uh, the, sorry, that was the 4-5 matchup. I'm sorry. I'm getting turned around. Uh, uh, so Atlanta, Atlanta is playing Boston. Um, unfortunately, I didn't, okay. I didn't think this through um, in round two. Um, you wanted to set the Atlanta Hawks. 
to the yeah. fucking Easter Conference Finals. I did. I did. And I now you're realizing did. you fucked it up. Yes, I did. So, um, unfortunately, this will be a hard-fought series. Um, I have the Celtics in seven in probably the greatest um, series we've ever seen in the NBA. <laughs> you're unbelievable. It's, it's like one of the, hey, the greatest listen, conference finals. Kids, kids, if you're listening, believe in yourself. The way that Sam believes in the play in Atlanta Hawks, Hawks they're, they're, they're going to be there. There, Quinn Snyder has those boys hooping. I'm just going to say right now, why watch this space? Big things coming. Um, I think the Philadelphia 76ers defeat the Miami Bucks in six. Miami Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks. You think the Sixers are going to beat the Bucks with Dave? I do. Yes, I do. All right. I, you, we, we just talked about how Malik Beasley is the number one. Tobias Harris cooking. Um, whoever they get for uh, D- Tyrese Maxey. I will say no. the, the 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 fact that the fact that they have Malik Beasley as the number one perimeter option. Until oh. that isn't the case, I'm a little bit scared of the Bucks, but I think that they'll just figure out someone else that can play I- there. We'll see. They have Joel Embiid. Like, is a that's a Giannis. That's a problem matchup for Giannis. I'm sorry. Like that. that like they've that also problem matchup for the Sixers the on the other end. But that there's always a problem with Joel Embiid's defense in the postseason on the other end. You, like, like, you offense, get tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so, you know, I I don't know. I I think I think it's a bad matchup for the Bucks. I'm going to be honest. I think that have they ever played the Bucks in the playoffs? No, they, we've never gotten a Sixers Bucks play. This I want it every year, and we just never get it. That's what I'm saying. Like I think they've somehow like never played each other, and I think that is a bad matchup for the Bucks waiting to happen. I mean, I will say this much: yeah, the Sixers never get the teams during their down years. Yes, the Sixers never they they didn't get the Heat the year that the Bucks crushed them when they weren't fully healthy in the first round. They didn't get the Celtics during the Kyrie year, which I wanted that matchup because we had Jimmy Butler on the team and the Celtics were a fucking mess. They have never gotten, I wanted them to get the Bucks last year because I felt like it was, the Bucks had potential to fucking do some real disaster shit, which they did in the playoffs. Obviously, Giannis got hurt, but I was kind of building in something like that to happen during a series. And now I feel like there's a very clear top two in the Eastern Conference to me, which is the Celtics and the Bucks. I feel not great about either of those teams in a playoff setting as a Sixers fan, but someone did ask in the comments, is this prediction with Harden or Terrence Mann? It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter if James Harden or Terrence Mann is starting. No, doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Nick Nurse, I'm telling you, Nick Nurse versus Adrian Griffin. Do not underestimate that. Like, I know... People think I'm 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 doing a bit. Will is accusing me of pandering, um, which maybe, but I <laughs> I genuinely believe that this is a this is an under discussed part of the Sixers is how they always manage to run into the Celtics in round two, and instead of uh, well, okay, so like, Will Will did point out that they got the Hawks in round two. Will, I'm not saying that I think that they haven't had good matchup luck. They should have made it to a conference finals already. I wouldn't have gotten the same joy out of beating the Atlanta Hawks as I would have if we beat the Boston Celtics or the Bucks or the Heat. Those are the teams that I look at and I say, man, I would feel really good if we beat those teams in a playoff series. If we beat the Hawks, sure, it would have been awesome to make a conference finals, definitely. But it doesn't have the high highs of beating a team that I view as a legitimate championship contender. Like, beating those teams, those are the teams that have competed for the title for the last five years. I don't want to beat 
the Nets and the Hawks and the Raptors and these teams that just aren't contenders anymore. Like, I want them to have a real playoff series win. And like I said, I felt like they've never caught them on a down year in terms of those teams, which are very good teams that have all each collectively had one or two down seasons over the last five years, whether it's due to injuries or just due to kind of having a weird year. So that's what I meant by that, to be clear. But so your Eastern Conference Finals is Sixers Celtics. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think this is, this is the one. And, um, I think that's going to be a good matchup. I'm telling you, Nick Nurse, I think Nick Nurse is going to change some things for the Sixers this year. I, maybe I'll look foolish when they're like losing round one or something like that to like the heat. But I, I think there is real Ewing theory, like candidate stuff with like James Harden and just Ben Simmons and just having normal, players around you theory let's go Ewing theory for for uh the sixers i love it yes. uh, which is very appropriate because joel Embiid's closest comp historically is probably patrick ewing patrick ewing yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well that's what everyone says yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is that, is that he's gonna he's the one that they would get rid of and yeah nothing um i don't know if i have the balls to pick the sixers this uh, beating the celtics so i'll uh, i'll stick with the celtics but i do think that it's going to be very uh Competitive. I do think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be competitive, more competitive than people think. So, I've gone back and forth on this in the Eastern Conference Finals for about two weeks, ever since the Dame trade was made. Mm-hmm. The Drew trade definitely made me rethink about it and think about it over and over and over. I might regret this, but I'm picking the Milwaukee Bucks in seven. You will regret this. I think I'm, they're going to. I think they're going to figure out. I think they're going to figure out the perimeter defense and rebounding thing with a trade, or just a random acquisition. And I think that, historically speaking, I think the Celtics by far have the top best six in the NBA. Certainly, but historically speaking, Giannis has a chance to kind of prove his doubters wrong here, because I still, even though they won that title. And even though Giannis has had some amazing games in the playoffs, I still think it is a bit under-discussed how much Giannis is not that effective in the half-court on offense in a playoff setting. I think acquiring Damian Lillard will completely fix those issues. And I think that those two having the best two players uh, as a duo in the Eastern Conference will be powerful enough to lift them to the finals. And next week, you'll learn who they will face in the finals for me. So I... I had Boston last year. I picked Boston before the season to go to the finals again. I think I even picked them to win the finals last year. And I still think they have a really good shot this year, but they've they've disappointed me. And I, I, I think that the Bucs are, are going to end up getting there. Uh, I think the Bucs are going to right their wrongs and uh, make it back to the finals. So Bucs, uh, Giannis is the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. And uh, we'll see who they face off against next week. You have Boston. I have Milwaukee. Yes. Against my, I will be saying that the Celtics are a 43 win team um, a week into the season. So tune in for that. I was going to say, we'll be, you'll be able to watch our mental health all over the place. Because remember last year when the Sixers started like one and four and I was like, I had Derek Bodner on and I was like, should Doc Rivers be uh, deported? <laughs> <laughs> I need. I am. I am going to be like on a. I, I'm going to be on one of the like. We we need like a a, a 
the 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 dial turning the giant dial for how mentally ill I am <laughs> are making me. We need like a, a code. I'll try to I'll, I'll put that to the hoggies. If anyone wants to build a Sam mental health, uh, you yeah. know, on a on a, on a the cocky scale. the cocky distraught meter is what Philly has for. Have you ever yes. seen that? Yes, one I've end is that. cocky, one end is distraught. Is Panasonic Matt's creation. That seems like a Panasonic Matt creation. It might be. I can't remember who created yeah. it, but that that's yeah. one of my favorite things. Uh, Sam will yeah. be, uh, you know, uh, fucking ecstasy versus pit of depression. Yeah, I was gonna Some, say something along uh, those lines. Yeah, um, uh, uh, um, uh, from no, fuck. Wait, this is a live one. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the Patreon episode where I talk about what the the meter I had. So that's another part of this announcement anyway that I forgot to do at the top, which is basically that all of the episodes starting soon will be be behind the Patreon wall for the second episode of every week. So if you want access to all of our bonus episodes, sign up for the Unoball Patreon for five bucks a month. You can get access to the episodes and access to the you know ball Discord and a bunch of other stuff. If you're still watching this on YouTube, like it, subscribe, turn on notifications, comment your thoughts, all of that stuff. And we will be back later in the week for the Patreon episode. So anything else to say, Sam? Uh go Hawks. You've all been warned. Um I've I history will vindicate me. Um Quinn Snyder is the goat. Um you'll all see. Um, yeah, I'm already worried about your mental health. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. My Hawks, baby. My Hawks. Peace. Let's go. Uh, You're insane. It's going to do it. You know, I wanted to shout out Justin Fields. I wanted, yeah. He needs at least three wins so we can get Caleb Williams. It's my, my new bit is uh, cheering for Bryce Young and, and Justin Fields after every podcast. So, oh, so the Patriots can get Caleb Williams. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Amazing, you guys. That's what you guys need. Yeah, we've had it too bad for too long. You have no idea the kind of depression we've had to go through as Patriots fans. This is some bleak days. You're insane. Goodbye.